I want to thank the train for not coming through. Bitch, <laughs> <laughs> beat, <laughs> motherfuckers! The end of the year train. Yeah, we we got through 10 seconds of silence without being interrupted by the southbound, whatever that is. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Fandible.com Actual Play Podcast. I am joined here with Angela, Billy, Jesus, and Daniel for the final Geeky Topics Roundtable discussion of 2017. Which for our listeners is the first GTRT of 2018. Of 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 20. It's a woo. Yeah, dude. <laughs> One of many. Twofer. All right, oh, yeah. Man, this I would both prob- Oh yeah, yeah. Which it's is appropriate because I'm I'm putting half the work into this. Meh. So we're going through a list of questions that our lovely Patreons have shot towards us. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, it makes it sound violent when I say shot towards us, but I mean, we did request that all questions be sent via Hawk and or Flaming Arrow. Uh, so thank you for adhering to that request. All right. So we've got some questions. Thank you very much, everybody. And we are going to get started. But first, ladies and gentlemen, around the table, how are you feeling tonight? So close to New Year's Eve. Another new year to disappoint myself. I'm happy. It's cold. <laughs> it is fucking cold. Every year, it's like this is the night that Mother Nature knows that uh, we're going to, like, the most humans are going to be out like idiots, especially in New York. And oh, this yeah. Strikes. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing okay. 2017 was awful, but kind of the awful you were prepared for, unlike the awful of 2016, which just kind of surprised you. <laughs> yeah. So this was kind of like, 2016 was kind of like the Jason, like, you, like <laughs> the, you're the first victim of Jason. Like, yeah. you're not expecting it. Yep. You take off your clothes and then get stabbed with, yep. like, a chainsaw. Uh, the 2017 was more like the people that realized that a lot of people are missing and they're running away from something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess I kind of rather have 2017 than 2016. Yeah. So that, does that make 2018 the final girl? Yeah. The 20, I think 2018 is going to be- a good thing or a bad thing? It could depends on well, how the well, election goes. Yeah. It's a true <laughs> thing either way. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I would consider- 2016 like catching herpes from someone and then 2017 like well you know flare-ups are gonna happen because 2016 happened yeah. <laughs> 2017 the flare-ups that 2016 herpes was yep uh right so um let's get into these questions uh we are here in uh shea geek and i'm excited to do this for the end of the year or the beginning of the year mm-hmm. which means i think we only have to do like two now two two more gtrts than we're done mm-hmm. i think is the count uh, I don't want to bring that up. That's for the fan to summit next. Okay, yeah. Apparently, we're having a very official meeting yep. uh, that I've that, that I'm, I'm requested or ordered to go to or something like that. <laughs> there was ordered. paperwork. There was- <laughs> <laughs> Is that why you locked the door? That makes a lot more sense now. Get in the box. <laughs> uh, so let's start with Case. Case or Casey? Did we ever decide? Did we ever decide? Casey. 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 I'm going with Casey. I, I'm, yep. I'm still on Case. I'm I'm soft. Eating. Get off their case. I'm gonna go oh, for high fantasy. Uh, go, I'm just go uh, cos. 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 Dude. Cos. De cos. De cos. De cos. Whatever the hell I'm reading. Cos is a nice strong German name. Was that was that too hast? That was yeah. Was hast by by Rammstein? Yeah. They are German, right? Oh, they are so German. Okay, yeah. They are 
wildly German. One of my uh, their video, uh, their video for their song "Ich tu de Weir" is actually one of the things I watch when I'm really depressed because it always makes me feel better. Mm. And the song is itself about a very unhealthy S- uh, BDSM relationship. So thank you for that, Koss, and yeah. this question. Yeah, thank you, Koss. I uh, hope you're a Rammstein uh, fan. Mm-hmm. Well, we know Rammstein is a fan, so it could be. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, uh, feel free to write in uh, or in, in in form of a song. Uh, yeah, exactly. If you want to, uh, oh, guys. Rammstein doing a theme song for one of our games would make me explode with joy. Oh my god, you guys. Are we going back to the BDSM video? Yeah. Are they on fire or what? Like, yeah. <laughs> so what, what's the question? Just flaming yes. dicks. Shoot. Uh, so uh, Kass asks, Fandible! Expl- exclamation point. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Fandible! What were your favorite books growing up? What helped you discover your love of reading? Assuming that you love reading, don't make assumptions, Kass. If this is too vague, then what were your favorite books in high school? Now, I have asked Angela uh, to keep it concise because you are definitely uh, the bibliophile <laughs> amongst us. Um, uh, I know everybody here does, uh, uh, you know, does read. Uh, R e e d uh, can also spell. Um, uh, but Angela c- clearly would have, uh, I-, I think, the longest a thesis. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm going to start with pl- Penthouse. Is that a serious answer? I'm just, I'm just curious. Like, is that a serious answer, or did you actually read Penthouse and actually? That would be amazing if I read. If the person I am today is because. <laughs> oh I, wait a minute! No, I thought you were. I thought Penthouse for a second was Playboy. I was like, well, they had articles, but no, Penthouse was but pretty Penthouse much. Penthouse had letters. Yeah, yeah. Well, they so did Penthouse. letters yeah. to Penthouse. I thought it was Playhouse. Yeah. Uh, uh, dear Penthouse Forum, I can't believe it happened to me. That's oh. yeah, 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 exactly. That would be amazing if the person I am today is because I read Penthouse and somehow went through a transformation, like the uh, Toxic Avenger. Like you know, that's my that's my origin. Story. Masculine toxic adventure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, not Penthouse. That's not an uh, honest answer. But uh, Antoine, you start. So couldn't tell you what started my love of reading because that was a really long time ago. Um, but I would say the most influential books on me growing up were the Animorphs series. Yeah, Animorphs. What? No one else? Uh, I to oh, yeah. this day Ooh. don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> You're because uh, yeah. you were uncultured reading Penthouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, it was a group of teenagers find out there's an alien invasion, and the aliens say the only way that we could save your planet is by giving you the ability to turn into animals, and that was the strategy. That, so, it worked. It, so. it, worked. it was a really good series. It was, it was a like, really good series. What, 50, 60 books, something like that? Oh, God. I used to the exact number of books. Yeah. Um, there was 54 books in the main series. Then there were four Megamorphs. Mm-hmm. There were three Chronicles. So... 61. There we go. Yep. Wow. Favorite book in the series is still about the Elemist. The Elemist was the name, right? Yes. Yeah, Elemist. Yep. Elemist. Or, it was, it was written. Yeah. It could be pronounced either way. Yeah. yeah right. So the Elemist, Elemist makes more makes more sense. Yeah. I always called it the Elemist. I did yeah. too. So Elemist Chron- yeah. Chronicles? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're basically explaining good. his history of where he came from, which was fascinating to me. It was. Yeah. it was. No, yeah, yeah. Well, who's your favorite uh, Animorph? Rachel. Uh, Tobias. Uh, I loved Marco. I'm a fan of Cohen myself. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, so could they turn into the noble gopher? They could. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, they could. Uh, mine was... They never did. They did moles, though. Oh, mm. I see. On faces? No. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be one terrible superpower. Nice work. Yeah. Nice work I am the mole. Kill me. <laughs> I uh, I grew up... 
I really sucked at reading until I was in fourth grade and I started reading uh, Goosebumps. And I loved Goosebumps. Then I went on to Animorphs. Uh, I guess if I was going to say my favorite book in high school, and it's this is so corny. I don't know why. And I actually read it almost every summer since then. So I've read this book at least 20 times. Um, it's Resident Evil by S.D. Perry. It's the novelization of Resident Evil. And then there's also a couple uh, other books in the series, like Resident Evil 2, Nemesis by S.D. Perry. And I don't know why. I just love them. It's corny. It's not great writing. But I was so impressed that someone could actually make a novelization and make it kind of work that I read it kind of as a reminder of like, you know what? If you want to be a writer and someone gives you a really hard topic, you can make it work if you're good. And I think it was. So S.D. Perry, I know no one's probably heard of this woman, uh, but she's a, she's a solid writer. And I enjoyed her Resident Evil series as in high school. And I still read it today. I want to believe that she's friends with the woman who wrote Demonica. Um, <laughs> or maybe the same person. Maybe the same person. Yeah. yeah. I, I would read an erotic thriller in the uh, world of Resident Evil. I wouldn't. You wouldn't? Oh, God, no. Oh, God, not. Because if you want to read that, just read every 80s zombies uh, fiction collection. Because I guarantee you, nine out of ten of those stories will end with a zombie raping someone. Every oh. time. I've read so many of those like early 80s like zombie uh, short story collections. Always. It's like, this is a really good story. I'm really, oh, okay, well, that's it. Okay, now it's raping. It's like, oh. okay, now I'm done. Oh, okay. I didn't even know that was a it's a, th- a thing. thing in the 80s. If there were zombies and there were women, you better believe it happened. It was bad. Well, thank God that didn't translate to, to cinema. Otherwise, being the resident horror fan would put me in a real weird <laughs> position. <laughs> guys, I just love zombies. So, so why are you what? running away? Guys? Guys? Uh, so, <clears throat> Jesus, let's hear it. I actually have- Other than the Phantom Tollbooth. Mm-hmm. What? Other than the Phantom Tollbooth. Other than the Phantom Tollbooth, which you know, which was maybe going to be the first book I was going to say. Of course. It was the first book that said- Basically, show me how much I love weird and why I love playing games and stuff like was that. Was that the precursor to The Phantom Menace? <laughs> God, I hope not. The second book, actually, surprisingly, is one I read when I was a, a kid and what really got me into military science fiction. And that was a book called Sassinac by Anne McCaffrey and uh, Elizabeth Moon. Oh, I love oh, Sassinac. Yeah. Hmm? <laughs> Elizabeth Moon, she's yeah. solid. And the, what I made me love so much as I was reading is like the first, at least morally, at least for me when I was a kid, the first morally complicated story. Mm-hmm. Where basically the girl, it takes place in the far future, a girl uh, living on a space colony, attacked by pirates, parents are killed, and basically she's taken and then she escapes eventually, grows up to be a military commander in the story. And there's a point where she's chasing off pirates and they're about to attack a colony. And she's about to attack and realizes if she allows the attack to happen, she can follow them to their pirate planet and stop all the attacks for at least for a while. And she chooses to let what happened to her family happen to this family, to this entire planet, in order to stop the pirates for good. Oh. And I read that story. I'm like, oh, that is so good. I love this so much. And that's why, ever since then, me, me and military science fiction have been like this. Yeah, there's some good science. Yeah. But speaking of science fiction, just really quickly, another big one with, well, for me was the Star Wars Expanded Universe books. I read mm-hmm. every one. Yep. I, I, and I... Very much I'm sad about that they're no longer consi- uh, considered canon. But yep. I loved I loved those. Yep. Uh, I guess for me, so I've, I've told the story before of how I literally learned to read using the D&D uh, books mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. But I think in high school, 
there was a series of books. Uh, it was called Philip Jose Farmer's The Dungeon Series. And it was uh, not written by Philip Jose Farmer, by the way, as I discovered later on. <laughs> but in fact, it was a series of six books. Oh, each gosh, one... How many times did you tell people that Philip Jose Farmer was your favorite author? Before oh, yeah. You yeah so many. Yeah. Why, uh, did actually, why did they call it Philip Jose? Because it's actually uh, it's, uh, five different authors that wrote the six books, uh, uh. including Charles Alint, uh, which uh, uh, grew my love for that author. Um, but so the, the story is very much, and, and, and having read that, I, I see why I love like books like The Dark Tower and everything, because mm-hmm. it's basically, um, the story is this, this one sort of 18th century explorer, Clive Foliot, and he's looking for his brother throughout the nine levels of the dungeon. And each level is basically like its own entire world. And as since it's different authors in each one, so each book uh, in the series has completely different you know writing styles and uh, and uh, and stories behind it, and it is intensely weird. Uh, it has a lot of riffs and a lot of different uh, other uh, book types, uh, while still staying within that sort of fantasy sci-fi uh, genre, and they are impossible to find these days. And I love them. And it was it was I read them and reread them and reread them back in high school. Uh, yeah, this would, that would be definitely be my favorite. I mean, that does sound like an interesting. I, I, I've never heard of those before, but they definitely sound interesting. Yeah, no, they, I mean, I, I don't know how good they are now. <laughs> oh, of course, I haven't read them in over a decade. Yeah, uh, and sometimes but, going back yeah, to going reread back to those, some of those, just like yeah, no, yeah and I do, do that it. with uh, F.S.D. Perry's like Resident Evil. Like looking back now, like I, I took a break for five years from reading it. And I read it yeah. randomly one day. I was like, oh, yeah, this is not as good as I remembered it, but yeah. I still like it. We should do reviews of all of our books that we're naming right oh, now. No, let's not. Let's not because yeah. I, don't, don't know your heroes. Don't meet your heroes, yeah. people. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, so I didn't read a lot of um, of uh, fiction when I was a teenager. Um, really? Uh, I <laughs> uh, uh, no. I think uh, Penthouse safely qua- counts <laughs> as fiction. Wait, what? <laughs> you you telling me that they really didn't happen to them? <laughs> they said. It happened. it happened to me. Yeah, exactly. You know, Angela, buses full of cheerleaders do break down. <laughs> <laughs> and they and sometimes they are willing to do anything for your spare. Yeah, absolutely. It turns out Angela is the you. They say, you won't believe this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm the editor of Penthouse. <laughs> oh, my God. Why haven't you responded to my letters? <laughs> because you know why. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh my God, the prophecy's real. <laughs> Welcome to our home. Yeah. Yeah. The water demon that lives in the pipes thinks, uh, yeah. It could happen to him. It happened to me. <laughs> it happened to me. Uh, so um, uh, the the ones, the two that jump out the most. Now, I did read um, one uh, by Dean Koontz. It was called uh, 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 Fear Nothing. And for fiction, that's the one that jumps out to me the most. So it's about this kid in the small town who has a, a form of al- albinoism. And... Uh, for every second that he's in the sun, his skin breaks down but cannot be repaired. Oh. Uh, so, so there is a limit to how much sun he can have before he gets cancer and dies. Uh, and so he only exists during the nighttime. Now, uh, what makes him exceptional is the fact that he, um, uh, he was told by doctors that he was not going to make it to like, uh, to, I think he's like actually in his twenties mm-hmm. when the, when the uh, series begins or when the b- book begins. And, 
um, it's basically there's like this he gets involved in uh, this whole science fiction uh, plot line. But the strength of the character is the fact that he has been facing death since he was 16. He was told he was never going to make it this far. It starts with the father dying. Uh, and it was a it, very well written scene. Uh, also, if you are someone who, who only knows this town backwards and forwards, you also know everything that happens at night. So he has an eidetic memory for everything that happens in that town every minute the second the sun goes down. It's very, very cool. Um, but the uh, the other books that jump out to me, because that's the, the fiction. Um, I didn't read a lot of fiction, but I did uh, read uh, dry psychological books. Uh, and, the, and the one that jumps out at me is Eric Fromm's Escape from Freedom, which is a psychoanalyst uh, uh, concept of basically um, uh, – why do people in free countries that are advanced, i.e. America, seem to rail against that kind of freedom? Why do we, if we're so free, if we're so healthy, if we're so healthy, why do we have the problems that we have? And can you use the same analytical premise for a person and apply that to a civilization? Oh, cool. That's um, neat. Yeah. And the answer is yes, but only in a critical success. <laughs> uh, and the other one that jumps out to me is The Historical Jesus by John Dominic Crossan. It's basically a, uh, uh, a theologian academic said, okay, if you can take the Bible and actually find a crossroads of historical accuracy known as the Q gospel, from that, can we actually figure out who Jesus Christ was for real? Um and it's very subversive, you know, because it's not it's not taken from the uh, from the from the holy texts of like magic and myth. It's like no, 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 no. This is the part of the Bible that I can prove happened from here. Where was Jesus? And it's very wordy, very difficult to digest. But I wanted the challenge, um, because I sucked at school. And I hated it, hated, hated being told what to read in high school. So I always looked for these like very advanced texts that I thought were for someone like far beyond my years because I just fucking, I hated stuff like the Scarlet Letter and shit. It bored me. Well, because the Scarlet Letter is objectively boring. Oh, yeah. I say this is someone that actually liked it the second time I read it. I had to read it in high school and hated it. And then I read it in college and I actually really enjoyed it the second time I was reading it. But it's not something that should be on high school curriculum. Because no. you like texts about women who are scorned for uh, sexual deliances. <laughs> I get it. Uh, you know what book I liked in high school? Like, let's quickly answer this one. Like, what was your favorite high school? Like, your high school said, you have to read this. And so. Penthouse. <laughs> I liked Grapes of Wrath. Like, I remember mm-hmm. having this, like, okay, you have the entire summer to read this 800-page book. And I had waited till like, the week before school started. And I sat down one night. I was like, I'll read, like, 100, cha- 100 pages if I can. And I got through that entire book within like 12 hours just reading the entire thing. I loved wow. it. It was one of the best books I've ever read by uh, uh, John uh, John Grisham. No. No. No, no. John Grisham. Uh, no, that would no. be an amazing rewrite. <laughs> no, no. It's uh, Steinbeck. Steinbeck. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Steinbeck. Yeah. Please cut that last part out. <laughs> uh, Steinbeck. Yep. Steinbeck was uh, ended up being one of like, my favorite authors because I loved Grapes mm-hmm. of Wrath. But that was, my, that was like the one book I remember in high school. It's like, wow, that was actually very pleasant to read. And I could answer any questions about it. So, story time. AP American Lit, my senior year, we have assigned reading over the summer. All the authors are male. Uh, So when we have the little get-together meeting, so you meet the teacher and make sure that, yes, you are ready for AP Lit, I brought up, you're only having us read men. This is a female teacher. Uh, Can you guarantee that there will be 
women on the syllabus in the the first semester. She's like, yep, there's going to be an independent reading project at the end of the first semester, and there will absolutely be women authors included. Jump to the end of the first semester. No women authors. And I raise a shit fit because we've only been reading dudes all semester. Then here's the independent project and it's more men. And I'm like, fuck this shit. You promised me that there'd be women to read. She's like, all right, Angela, you're causing trouble in class. Stop raising a fuss. Here, you can read this book. And it was Susan Faludi's Backlash. So this was incredibly unfair to make me read because everyone else was reading fiction. Everybody else was in groups. And I'm reading this this super dry film criticism, uh, which is totally unlike anything else that anybody else is doing. But holy fuck, I'm so glad that I read it. I mean, impressionable 17, 18-year-old Angela made her like even more angry feminist. Like, if you think I'm an angry feminist now, <laughs> you should have seen me after reading Backlash because Backlash is uh, written in the early to mid-90s and it's looking at how we had, uh, you know, the second wave of feminism in the 60s and 70s and then, especially in pop culture, the 80s happened. And what the fuck happened in the 80s? And it goes through this really intense film and cultural criticism of the Reagan years and of the backlash that feminist thought had. So if you look at 80s films, oh my God, even though you know, women were supposed to be making such great strides in the workplace and you did have something like nine to five, then you have all these films that are about no women can't have it all. And when, you know, you've got things, even though I love this movie, Mannequin, like, oh my God, that is such a terrible feminist backlash film. What about Splash? Splash. Splash. Yeah. Splash. Oh Top to bottom. I, I remembered the plot line of Splash and I was like, I'm proud I'm so well adjusted. <laughs> yeah, so there was. Sorry. <laughs> that was me. Uh, so it was, it's a fascinating book. I think I still have it buried in a box somewhere with all of my high school notes. Um, and it was also very depressingly still accurate in the early 2000s with, uh, it's like, yeah, a lot of things hadn't actually changed through the 90s. So that was my, my super, uh, made a strong impression on me book in high school. What? Right, Jesus? Uh, the only book I think came close was just Beowulf. And that's, oh, on, I'll be honest, because good. honestly, it was a good fantasy novel. With dwarves. Yeah. With dwarves, of course. Did they have dwarves, dwarves? I, don't, I don't remember. Didn't, didn't uh, wasn't, uh, Grindel wasn't a, Grindel wasn't a dwarf. He was just a monster. He was just a monster, yeah. Yeah, a monster, and he had a. Also had a terrible movie, but. Okay, nerds, rain it in. <laughs> yeah. But I, I just enjoyed Beowulf. What, you didn't like Killing Mr. Griffin? <laughs> what? Wow. <laughs> oh, you didn't read that? I did not called... read Killing Mr. Griffin, it's whatever a... that book was. It was actually it's assigned to my like advanced lit class. It's... Oh, God. We had such different classes. Mm. Why? Killing Mr. Griffin, the, the Caroline B. Cooney book? I think it is. It's yeah. about killing griffins. <laughs> I'm guessing. It, a it dwarf not kills a griffin. I, I love me some, some Cooney, but it's, it's, it's not It's like a... freshman high school. I mean, like, it's not like advanced, it's advanced freshman high school lit. So, Dan? Uh, yeah, so uh, for me, the situation gets complicated because I went to high school in Spanish. Uh, <laughs> then so, educate us. So my favorite uh, book tell that a, I was assigned. Telenovelas, uh, right? Uh, yeah, it was. Okay. It was uh, yeah. El Tela de la Novela. Uh, uh, la Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it's a series of books about La Guerra de las Estrellas. Uh, no. Uh, was, <laughs> uh, how do you say penthouse? In <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, it was uh, a book, and you can find it in English, and it's a very well-known author, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, uh, Cien Años de Soledad, A Hundred Years of Solitude. And, oh, yeah. Uh, it is, I, I've never read it in English, so I have no idea if it's any good at all in English. I've heard it's very good yeah, in English. Yeah, but, but in Spanish, at least, uh, the, 
it was my first exposure to a book like that. It was the first time I'd ever read something that uh, that I read, and I was like, I'm I'm reading art uh, mm-hmm. rather than I'm reading a story. Uh, and um, it introduced me to magical realism, which became one of my favorite uh, sort of genres and literary movements, if you will, uh, for a long time. So so yeah, that one always uh, had a very strong impression. But again with the caveat that it made a very strong impression in Spanish. Uh, I have no idea, nor can I speak to the qualities of that book once translated. <laughs> I like how th- that implies that you can have a very strong impression in Spanish that will not affect the rest of your English side of you. Like, what is that, basically? I like well, that. I think the caveat is, you know, most of our listeners are, are speak English, English, so uh, if English they go speaking, and hunt down the book... They'll, they'll probably read it in English, and I have... Since a lot of what impressed me about the book was the way the language was used, I don't know how well, if at all, any of that translated. That's fair. It might still be an excellent story and an excellent mm-hmm. book, but I don't know if it the It could part- be excellent in a different way. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know if the particular part that that affected and, and, and sort of uh, stuck with me would tra- would be lost in trans- literally lost in translation. Fair enough. Um Maybe we can get you uh, Patreon uh, subscribers. Uh, we're going to start a new stretch goal uh, mm-hmm. over um, $75, and Dan will read mm-hmm. a chapter from 100 Years of Solitude. Or, uh, in Spanish. I think in we should Spanish. get the transcript of our entire playthrough of some game and have Dan just narrate it yeah. in Spanish. In Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Byron says this. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Just like kind of like summarize it. And then we don't – but he can also just like record stuff and we can just put it in so you don't have to over-record like David rolls a one. Mm-hmm. God damn it. <laughs> How would what you is that? that yeah, David rolls a one. Uh, David rather than uno. Mm-hmm. <laughs> great. Great. Well, there's a shirt for us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for myself, uh, I'm going to say uh, Invisible Man. Actually, mm-hmm. um, Invisible Man, because uh, it was I, I went to school in Maine, you know, uh, not a lot of exposure to the uh, uh, to the black experience there. Uh, certainly. What's that? <laughs> or sunlight. Or, sun- <laughs> or sunlight. Exactly. Um, and so when I read that book, uh, I, um, I I didn't know what to expect, aside from I assumed some dude was going to be invisible. I was disappointed. <laughs> um, uh and uh but yeah the the writing really held me and it was an uncomfortable subject mm-hmm. and i had read other uncomfortable subjects like i hated brave new world even though it's a dystopian like sci-fi landscape i fucking hated that book but then i re- read uh invisible man which has a lot of different aspects that i as a teenager like just didn't really comprehend or even imagine and I'm glad my my uh, my my teacher, Mr. Cantello. I know you're a listener. Um, uh, he yeah he he uh, he reached out. And I can only assume he fought for that because considering all the other books that we read, um, I I uh, when I when I you know graduated and became a twenty something, I was just, it just dawned on me one day like oh yeah I cannot imagine the conversations he had to have with the principal about that one, uh, and I know that the the parents some parents were pissed off about that as well. Um, it's a great book. I would definitely read it again. Uh, and fun fact, I turned down AP English um, because that was the class where you had to read over the summer, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Don't know. That's awful. Why would you? Why is it voluntary? Um, <laughs> It's so weird back in the day. Like back in the day, I remember saying like, oh, I don't want to do this for class. But now it's looking back. It's like I really should have done like AP calculus or AP this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, any high schoolers out there, take the classes that are hard. Mm-hmm. Nope. 
No, I'd still be a fuck up. <laughs> it, it it would it would be the same. I would just have uh, more books to talk about that I didn't read. Um, so th- I, Jesus, dog, <laughs> my God, oh God, like a I'll read to you. Like the noble gopher just came in. <laughs> noble gopher, also name of my sex type. Nice. Um, still only comes out once a year. <laughs> so uh, thank you very much, uh, Case Cos Cos Cos. Cold Fire Surge. Uh, hello, Coldfire. Uh, asks, are there any phrases you say to help get you into the character, uh, the mindset of a character, particularly a long-running campaign that you haven't done in a while and have to refresh in a mental state? Uh, yeah. So basically, we all have games that, like, now we can we have the advantage of being being able to listen to old recordings. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, that's mm-hmm. absolutely what I do. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Not all of us, <laughs> yep. not all of us um, listen like the sound of our own voices or mine. I get it, mm-hmm. um, uh, but uh, but yeah. So, are there things that you say or read or watch to get you back into a character? Uh, not just necessarily phrases, but like for instance, like if your if your character is heavily influenced by a certain other type of uh, media. Do you listen to that media? What media is that? Do you read a book? Do you, is there a sentence or a dialogue? Do you sing? Oh, I don't know off the top of my head, a uh, whole new world by Aladdin. Uh, strangely, in order to get into your murderous super armor wearing zombie hunter, uh, uh, zealot. I, that's just what I'm saying. I can show you the world. <laughs> I think would follow up because I was just, you were joking about it, but for me, because I edit all the audio, it's just re-listening to the audio of my particular character and what they've been doing in the game. That's fairly how it is for me. So I have no mantra, sadly. I just get into character by listening to myself be a fuck-up. But um, uh, and, uh, not arguing, definitely a huge fuck-up. Okay, um, that's fair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for skipping the AP classes. Nice work. No problem. Um, but... For for your characters though, there's got to be some sort of influence for oh. how you came up with those characters in the first place, like the professor for uh, uh, for for hollowed earth exploration exposi- exposition exposition, exposition. <laughs> hollow yeah. earth exp- it's just one person looking at the camera <laughs> uh, power presentation yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. hollow earth expedition yep uh, uh, Gronic, etc uh dick just an asshole <laughs> just around just and I think this actually leads to the next question we ask when we get to it but. Mm-hmm. These are characters just the complete opposite of me oh, in okay. every cool. way possible. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I yeah. appreciate that. Uh, I suppose what I do to get into character is I usually say the character's name and maybe a sentence afterwards. Like, um, I guess Byron, like, hello, I'm Byron Clayton of the Clayton Estates. Or Castian, like, I am Castian Sire of his loyal emperor's army. Like, something like that. A quick – their voice – uh, with their kind of general emotional tone, along with just a statement of fact that they know about him. My name's Torchlight, and I'm trying. Or Lucas, like, I'm Lucas Brewster, and I'm trying. Mom, I'm trying. You know, that kind of stuff. So uh, that's what I do. I say their name and just kind of say something that kind of matches their personality afterwards. And that, that helps. It's not the best. I wish I actually did more because I know some people do more to get into character. We do so much, so many different games. It's hard to say, like, oh, we're going to. We're going to do this, so I'm going to spend a couple hours getting ready, especially if, like, no offense to David, you're Shadowrun character. Like, it's like, I'm not going to spend an hour to do something, and then we're not going to play it for, like, a year and a half. Makes sense. Oh, and I'm also, like, Hollow Earth, like Jack Mavericks, and I used to practice him randomly, but now I don't really – he doesn't go through my retinue. And that's another thing. I 
I don't wait until like the morning of us doing that. I'll just randomly say like Torchlight does this or like I'm on the toilet and I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> Torchlight needs to poop. <laughs> like that kind of, I've also kind of do that kind of thing. But you also roll dice when you do that, which is weird. I'm sure. I don't don't critique what I do. <laughs> yeah. It works and I'm, I'm accepting of it. Okay. Actually, one thing. I'm going to backtrack what I said because I real after now I had a mi- real minute to think about it, what I should have thought about before. I treat them like NPCs because I run so many different games. I always have like a mental note in my mind of like what that character is about or what he's doing at a certain moment. So I kind of do that with all my PCs in my game. Like, for example, when I do Granik, it's not I just think about the characters. Like, uh, last time in the adventure, you guys are going to meet Granik, who suddenly shows up and he's being an asshole. And also, he's a honey badger. And I just go with that. So not very complicated, but it's just what I go with. But, but you do – you oops. Uh, you have kind of like formalized a system for basically any approach to role playing, it yeah. sounds like. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I like yeah. that. All right. The only character that I really – do much prep work for is morale and even though we certainly don't have long breaks between uh returning to her but i've spoken about her before um where morale for being an audio podcast morale is a physical character Mm -hmm. so i would like i'm sitting here i'm kind of slouching there's there's animals around so i'm just i'm really relaxed i would not be able to do morale's voice right now i have to get up into her posture and i have to be looking around like her Yeah, so, I've said before, I could walk into a room and know what character, or if you're playing Morale, yeah, immediately. Like we one, did, um, uh, David, you and I, we recorded a little bit of side audio for, for Morale and, and Tago. So when I had Morale just riffing on that uh, that animal from the bestiary, it's like, this is not even actual role playing. This is not a narrative or anything. This is just a little bit of fun extra audio. And I'm still there. Like, <laughs> I can't half-ass Morale. Everybody else... I can, and I will admit I have <laughs> half-assed. Uh, but Morale's like, nope, got to be 100% committed to this bit. I I appreciate that. Um, and I think about the subject of half-assing. Um, uh, I think on the subject of half-assing, though, uh, we do play so many different characters, and we run games, and you know we're going through different characters, voices, motivations, things like that. Also worrying about math, dice. <laughs> How we spend points, you know, like character builds. It's basically imagine it's like playing a video game and all the stress that comes from building a character in something like Skyrim. And then you have to act. And it's like the thing about video games is that's as far as you need to go. Just the controller and you. Um, but well, we the good actually, news is yeah. we generally uh, take away we take away from that actually learning the system and just put it towards the acting. <laughs> <laughs> but we pass the we pass the uh, we pass the savings on to you, the listener. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, as you chime in and tell us when we completely flubbed rules, and we appre- I genuinely appreciate that. Uh, we love it. Thank you so yeah. much when you help us. Yeah, yeah. and be, be prepared to write so many more emails. Yeah. Um, uh, for my own part, uh, for my own part, uh, the way that I get into characters is I usually will read a piece of dialogue or from a book or I will recite something from a movie I'm watching. <laughs> and my motivation for characters is I take something about a person and then I subtract a critical aspect of it. So with Tagos, I subtract a, 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 a value of life and then I read a dot and then I reread something I'm reading. Mm-hmm. And it's like from the perspective of someone who does not pr- think that life is particularly special. Mm-hmm. And then I read it or with Shepard, I subtract uh, awareness of other people. Like, what if you just couldn't read faces? Like, what if you just live in a world where it's just wait till violence happens? Um, so I don't necessarily have one uh, mantra. 
but I do have a method and that is simply take something that you play and like subtract it. So with Zap, I miss playing Zap because I simply subtracted the acknowledgement that bad things can happen. He wasn't an optimist. He just never met anything that threatened him to. A, and so he couldn't understand how anyone else could be threatened by like dinosaurs. So I had a lot of tr- I had a lot of fun reading uh, dialogue as Zap because there was this just boneheaded uh, uh, optimism about him that, again, wasn't optimism. It was just a com- it was like a child. Like you didn't understand that something could hurt you. Uh, so that's so that's that is what I do uh, for me. Well. So when I went when I went to college way back and uh, you know I rode the uh, dinosaurs in um, <laughs> and uh, and you had you know like advanced uh, engineering was wheel yeah will it take <laughs> off <laughs> is it a fact yeah no we, we I never I, I dropped out of college before I got to wheel uh, but but while I was but there, after fire yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly <laughs> but while I was there I lived in this uh, dorm uh, Risley Hall which was basically the artist dorm uh, so you know lots of painters and lots of uh, actors and singers and, uh, and potheads and uh, I learned I learned a lot on acting from those guys so that's why now when I'm here with Fanable I just basically get real drunk and or high the night before and then show up during the day and go, what are we playing today again? Um, and oh, wow, then, you did learn from actors. Yeah, yeah no, I, I learned I learned uh, the, the true methods. And, uh, and but what usually actually helps me, joke, all joking aside, is I basically wait until everybody else does their thing. And as soon as I start seeing everybody else's characters, then my character usually clicks. Oh, so, you, you like can I can't, I can't, like, I can't do them. I can't, like, go around... Pretending to be like, like, you know, Dr. Israel on my own. But as soon as I start hearing everybody else's voices, out comes fucking Dr. Israel. I'm King of the Fairies! Exactly. Um, so, yeah, Yeah. so like, I will create the characters in the first place and I'll give them little detailed backstories and then, and just, uh, Actually, no. I very rarely give them very detailed backstories. My characters in my head are, the, are these little bundles of quirks and emotions. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as they start, they get the stimulus of these are the other characters they interact with, they just pop out. And that, that's basically how it works for me. That's oh, good. Yeah, no, that's a, a, that is a very interesting uh, and applicable way to do it because you do play a lot of character actor characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, that's cool. I, uh, I was actually wondering what your answer was going to be. Um, I was wondering what all your answer was going to be, but like, let's be clear, King of the Fairies. Like, <laughs> how does that shit happen? That was classic. Yeah. Um, I think that is. Uh, I I think that though, with this question, the most applicable answer to it, or what I'm most interested in, is our Robo characters, our atomic robo characters, because those are all character actor characters. Mm-hmm. So, like, is there a particular way you get into that character? Um, because I feel like those are the ones that we totally went bonkers with. Um, and like, uh, Billy, you said with Lucas Brewster, you like say something and then you're like, Lucas Brewster. Um, like when you first started that character, was there something that just kind of hit you like a bolt of, uh, bolt from heaven? And you're like, this is my character. This is how I can get into it. No, no, I, uh, this is not the best way to make a character. Someone had brought up that my character, like I always, I always just play the white guy and I'm like, that's a, you know, I do always only ever play white people so lucas is like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna play someone who's mixed you know Mm -hmm. uh i was like but not mixed you know white and another race it's like no i'm gonna do two separate races you know indian um and uh, african-american and 
as like, okay, so what are, um, I was like, so let's, so when people hear this, what are they going to stereotypically think his dad likes and what are they stereotypically going to think his mom likes? Mm. Like, and I just started flipping those around. It's like, okay, you know, the worst stereotype you could say is like, oh, all, all African Americans like rap. It's like, what if his mom was the rap master? Like she was this rap underworld genius thug um and just completely and then i i heard non-violence from key and pill one day <laughs> and i was like okay her name has to be non-violence and that's why um and so that's kind of like where i built that where i took the stereotypes and and kind of flipped them on their head a little bit just for one of them and from that where i made her like this this rap genius owns an empire kind of like uh that that TV series uh, on Fox Empire, mm-hmm. like that's what his mom is. Like she owns an, a music empire. I made kind of the exact opposite, proving that opposite attracts. Um, and then the stereotype of like, you know, this big rap mogul, it's like, let's flip that on her head when it comes to her boy, where she is this big thug ready to throw down, ready to bite the heads off. But when it comes to her little boy, she she's completely pampering and babyish. So Aww. it's a lot of just like, what's the stereotypical response and do the opposite. So that's kind of how I built that. Oh, Not the cool. best. I just, like I said, I just took a lot of stereotypes and revert and flipped them on their heads. I, I think it translates very well. That's the mm-hmm. thing. I mean, Lucas is, uh, uh, Luke's all of our robot characters, robot characters, and also um, uh, our uh, end of the world characters, <laughs> because they skew so closely to us in some way. Uh, like, uh, I think that they are they are distinctly different. But let's be clear, like at least for me, my character in that game is my id. <laughs> it's like, what if I just, what if I like a never left New Eng- New England or like was much more into New England before I came to New York, and also be like, what if I just didn't really have like an understanding. A, a filter. Like, I understand how to be a better person. I just didn't try. You know what I think helped us all figure out how to do our auto- – atomic Robo, our end of the world characters is when we kind of realized what our – like, uh, our sin we reflected. Like, uh, my, yeah. like you were a dick. Like, you, mm-hmm. you're like my character. He just says what he says. And because of that, you were formed around that where we all realized that Jerry didn't have a sin. He was a jelly bean. He was a pushover. Mm-hmm. And with that, you became – the big pushover that we would poke and prod and your character would just love it because at least we're including you. Uh, Bruce was a meathead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a big old meathead. Well, never yep. comes up with a good idea. Yeah. That, but also the fact that he never tried. Yeah. 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 He's also anything. kind of a slacker. Yeah. And then my character is, I grabbed the stereotypical idea of, again, the millennial. He is the type that, you know, he, he, yeah. He's trying to live up to like what the baby boomers taught him how to live. Like you're going to own a house one day, mm-hmm. but he's a millennial. He goes out for avocado toast. He knows it all. <laughs> he reads everything. Uh, he has an opinion about everything. And while I think those are great qualities, including the, the book backlash. Yeah. <laughs> including, uh, yeah, exactly. And while I think those are great qualities, I just, I, I, I raise that up to 11 on him where no matter what, he just doesn't shut up. Like the entire zombie apocalypse was happening and he, think, and he thought it was a result of Brexit. You know, it's like <laughs> he's just a know-it-all and he, sometimes he just needs to learn to shut up. And I think that's what we really did well with those characters is we grabbed onto their flaws and we built a character around their flaws. And then Angela has the uh, unenviable position of asking us about characters in our uh or people in our characters uh history or our lives and then like from that just having to make a character off the fly (laughs) yeah and but because they're reoccurring characters 
uh, regardless of how many times Tilda Swinton plays Sammy, I, we have an idea of who Sammy is going to be, who Sammy Jr. is going to be, who the who uh, the Bachelorette of Arms people are going to be. Who, who your sister is. Oh, yeah. My sister is probably my favorite one. And then, of course, um, that's, Bruce's... And that is one that was yeah. no idea that was coming. <laughs> it was just, oh, you're going to call your sister this time. All right. Yep. yep. Here's the Boston accent I've never done before. <laughs> well, and, then we, and then we had Bruce's uh, girlfriend, uh, Bruce's mistress or yep. whatever. The, oh, uh, you were arm candy, whatever that old crone was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we know who your mom's like, which yep. is very disappointing. The only person we don't really have like a history of like bad people is Jerry. Jerry doesn't talk about his parents or anything. Well, like the waifus don't talk a lot. Yeah, yeah the waifus don't talk. Well, no, but also there's Janine. a lot of simpies, I think. But beyond that, yeah. But there's like a whole thing with Janine now that is yep. like its own its own pantheon. The truest yeah. love story that Fandible has ever, ever told. Done. And yeah. us three we, assholes will never let it. Oh happen. God, we've tried to kill it so many times. <laughs> All right. So, uh, okay, cool. Uh, I, I really like that, uh, that one. Um, so I don't know if we can say this person's name, uh, cause it's new to me. So I'm just going to say ABG. ABG asks, after going back and listening to much of your, uh, to as much of your content as my iPod could hold. Thank you very much. And recently deciding to su- support this amazing podcast. Thank you extra. I have one question. How do you get into the minds of characters you aren't normally like? As in, if you're the quiet type playing a loud, boisterous character, or playing someone who is a mercenary, uh, code of honor, when you're just a regular person. Now, ABG is ignoring the obvious, which is, we could be all of these things, including mercenaries. You don't know where we are recording from. We could be mid-bank robbery right now. We could be, like, sitting inside of the vault. Like, how much time before the cops get here? Great. Awesome. Let's put out a little podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're hey content guys, creators. Hey, guys, I brought the gear. What do you mean you brought the gear? <laughs> what is the bag for? Why? Well, it's supposed to be in it. The drill, you idiot! The drill! Role-playing uh, robbers. Oh, God. We got to make that a title. Role-playing, no, podcasting robbers. Yeah. What? Yeah, I like it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I lost that. And if we get to stay too long as podcasting prisoners. Now I just, I'm just doing huh. like a robbery of a guy with a, a selfie stick. And he just has a gun. He's like, so as you can see, we have the hostages over here. Hey, hey sit down. <laughs> oh, my God. Instagram robbers. Yeah, Instagram <laughs> I love robbers. It. I love it. Um, where am I? There we are. She asked uh, the question. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, yeah. So how do we get into characters that aren't like ourselves? Um, I mean, honestly, I would say the hardest one for me is playing quiet characters. Uh, yeah, so I would say that um, the way that I get into the mindset of a character that's not like me would be a quiet character like Tagos. Tagos is really hard for me because he's not a funny character. He's dry. He's extremely dry. Almost every other character I play has something funny about so them. So you go into dry. Yeah, I go in real dry. Okay. But I go, but I like dive in hard. Uh, yeah, I go, I go in dry, dive in hard. Um and sometimes you got to like work him through, you know, like a, a reverse way that you would with another character. So really, I go in through the back, dry and hard. Uh, yeah. Um, and this is why it's so hard to do Tagos, right? Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, no, but uh, so, yeah, uh, the way that I get into characters um, that are unlike me, so very quiet characters, is um, I simply uh, one of the things that I do uh, with Tagos is I have something in my hand. And any time that I would interject or say something, I tap it on the I tap it on the uh, on the table. Uh, you guys probably notice I play with a pencil, or I have like a notepad with me, and I'm taking notes because every time I feel that urge of like I can be funny here, dick jokes, pew, 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 then I just kind of like tap it on 
I just remind myself, like, that's not who I'm playing right now. So do you have a notebook filled with unsaid dick jokes? It is hey, it is the sure. Cochranomicon of notebooks. It sounds like a load, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm sorry. Stopping I'm sorry. This, this is nuts. This is, that was nuts. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah, no. I'm God just damn. talking about how I use my hands in order to make this work. Exactly. I yeah, mean, exactly. you know, it's word of mouth. I don't want to cock it up is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yep. Semen. <laughs> yeah. Okay, no, you no shafted it. it. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. Anyways, uh, thank you for getting the balls rolling. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Anyone else? Okay. Uh, no, 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 no. I think we're done with that package. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. Yep. Yeah. Uh, nice. so I would say that most of my characters, even if they aren't how I am outwardly, I do build on some kernel of 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 an aspect of my personality, even if it's not something that I show very often. Um, one again, probably it's most unlike me would be somebody like morale. And that's why there's so much physicality to her. Cause it's like, eh, here I am. I've, I've got her now. Um, but, uh, another character that's really fun for, for me to dig down deep and find something to, to pull out for her is, uh, Foise. Cause, uh, with, with Foise, it's, I, I don't play the talkers. Like Foise, I think is the first time that I played a talker. So oh, yeah. that was very, very much out of my comfort zone. And I'm like, I don't know how to do this. So it's it's drawing on this. So it's like, I'm totally out of my comfort zone. I don't know how to do this. Oh, but she's a woman and surrounded by four incompetent men. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that, that works. I don't, I don't see what the relationship is. <laughs> relation yeah. here so is, like, yeah. it was so fun when With we were... role playing. <laughs> So it was so fun when we were playing the the bit where everyone had to crash at Foise's safe house. <laughs> and like the only person that was even attempting to contribute anything was was John Kim Lee with his he was YouTube the one that, channel. He was the one that actually let him there. Remember the YouTube well, channel? Yes. Hey, what he address trying. Is he was trying to contribute. I love that. What address are we at? <laughs> 416. <laughs> I don't say it one more time. Okay. 416. <laughs> But also, Foise didn't care because she actually had her own safe house that yep. she was actually staying at. Yep. Um, so that was that's always fun to to go back into. David, when are we going to go back to Shadowrun Prime? I actually was going to ask who the hell is Foise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important to know. I mean, everyone said some great um, great things here. I think uh, what helps me is definitely I, I grab onto an aspect that kind of. I can relate to uh, Torchlight. He wants to do the right thing in tough circumstances. Um, but I think it's also important to know your role within the story because there are, there are some uh, games where I know I'm the funny man. Like I think I'm going to say Saints of Suffering. I'm one of the, I'm, I'm one of the funny people. Like, yeah, definitely. But then I would go over and I would say when it comes to another game, um, uh, even the long shot, I'm not the funny one. Vekas doesn't make the jokes. Je- Vekas is there to kind of be serious. Varric is. I'm sorry. Uh, Vekas, Varric, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Vekas is a little bit more, but, but even both of them, they're kind yeah, of. Vekas doesn't make jokes. He, he is just... a joke. Yes. <laughs> but there, there are roles that you need to know that you're going to be the funny person in, uh, which is you're going to be saying a lot of jokes. And then there's going to be the ones where you are more of the straight man. Another uh, example of this would be, I think, Atomic Robo in a way where uh, Ariana and uh, Lucas are pretty straightforward. Like mm-hmm. they are sometimes they mm-hmm. are the straight ones where they they will they will respond to the joke where you two are very much you have the funny Dan voices. I, yeah. Dan, yeah, Dan, uh, and you guys have the funny voices. You have the funny uh, quirks about you. Th- 
things like that. And that's totally good. It's just, it's, it's good to know in a campaign, uh, who's going to be the fir- uh, funny person, who's going to be the straight man and accept it. Like everybody kind of always wants to be the funny person because they have the, some of the best lines, but the straight man is so important for setting up jokes mm-hmm. and occasionally being that one to knock a joke out of the park because it's so unexpected. You're so, welcome. Yeah, yeah. Angela, yeah. but comedy that, yeah. shark. That's kind of like what's, what's the important thing that I focus on is if I can't get into the character, I at least focus on what is my role in this story. If I'm the serious one, if I, am I supposed to be the emotional one? Am I supposed to be the straight man? Am I supposed to be the funny one? Just focus on that. Yeah, I mean, that's why one of the things about comedy is that uh, timing is important, punchline is important, reading the room is important. But when it comes to the straight man, it's always called the art of the straight man because it is an art. It is hard work to be able to have that kind of timing and absence yeah. uh, in a joke in order to like really punctuate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the best straight man we have is Jerry. Jerry sets up the jokes for us. Jerry uh, goes with the punches. He doesn't. I mean, he doesn't make a lot of goofy decisions. Uh, but he's there just uh, – I mean, you, you're still hilarious, but you are kind of the straight man out of the three dickheads who have mm-hmm. kind of moments where they throw the ball of who's going to be the funny one in mm-hmm. the scene. Yeah. yeah, but I mean that is – I mean Jerry's fine, but I mean that is really uh, – uh, that is uh, 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 that is a compliment to Dan. Like, no, you of know, course. Dan Absolutely. definitely, especially coming from – uh, from the prophet, uh, from uh, the doctor, uh, mm-hmm. to the guy from Atomic Robo, mm-hmm. uh, to the guy from Hex, uh, in Angela's game, um, uh, you, Dan, you generally play, uh, characters who are like one liner machines. Yeah. yeah. And then Jerry is the straight man. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, I, I mean, like you do it really well. I think Absolutely. we all have straight guys. Um, but that is something that I, do not think that we did when we first got together. Oh no, we were um, all just trying to be the funny one. Yep. Except for me, I was super serious during Warhammer. Oh yeah, 40K. of course. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you were the most serious 40k tech marine. Absolutely. I mean, Barsher was just built to be the funny guy. Like that yeah. was my entire goal, and we've taken, we've done a little bit better about branching out from that. Uh, but I think I took the opposite journey because I started out very serious. Yes. Like, and Moral now, Moral is the funny one yes. now in yeah. the long shot. Uh-huh. Really, not Moira. <laughs> no, I mean, no, Moira is like the all. I think my only funny one. Ah, Foisy. No, Foisy's a okay. Yeah. Foisy Foisy's hilarious. is pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Foisy, uh, Jim right, Kong, yes. Jim, and I think Deku is kind are kind of the straight men for because uh, they're too busy killing things. Yeah, and you two, know, yeah, you two, uh, uh, Granite yeah. and Angela's uh, character Foisy, they're the funny ones. They will say the funny jokes, be loud, be ridiculous. I'm and again, super serious. I don't know what you guys yeah, are talking about. And again, this is not insult. This <laughs> it's yeah. important that you know what your character is supposed to be, and yeah. the most important thing is not to overdo it don't have four straight people <laughs> don't have four straight advice men advice for life yeah, yeah. no yeah. seriously don't have yeah. four straight <laughs> men yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah don't do that and don't have four funny people mm-hmm. like don't be you ever there needs to be a balance and if, like you're, a, yeah, if you're battling too much for it it didn't just too much mm-hmm. yeah straight men are like ciphers don't have too many of them close together <laughs> um whew, that was a nerdy shit joke yeah yeah, was, uh, yeah. uh dan um, I mean, I already mentioned that, you know, basically my character is just, just these little packets of, like, emotions, impressions, and, 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 and you know, quips and quirks mm-hmm. uh, that sort of already live in my head. Um, so once they're kind of triggered, that's it. I'm, I'm, in, I'm inside the character's head, such as it is. Um, but yeah, no, that's basically it. I mean, I, I don't really have a lot of uh, 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 process of just getting into a character's head. Like, they're 
these little half-formed balls of uh, of sensations that once they're kind of triggered in, I'm in. I'm there. I'm, you know. So well, that's an acting style. There are <laughs> like I mean, I studied acting. You know, <laughs> I'm so successful at it, but. Dan, there are people who, like, you know, they can just act and do monologues and do that. And there's people who they're good at doing monologues and stuff, but their real goal is they connect to the other person. Right. And that's what you do. And so when you described it, it's like, okay, that makes complete sense because I've seen you do it a million times, especially mm-hmm. with Dr. Israel. Like, it takes Marcus or Byron or Moira, and then you start responding like, oh, yeah, of course. And yeah. then you just – you build and you start at a good place, but you just build off other people, and it's amazing. Right. Yeah, you take yes and, but the yeah. rest of the sentence is yes and. How can this go badly? <laughs> yes, yes, with science. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me personally, I'm thinking about because I don't play as much as you guys because I run most of the games. Mm-hmm. But and I always always aim for comedic characters because that's what's easiest for me and I find fun. But over time, for at least some of these characters, I realize I try to aim for something real about them. Like if we ever get it back into Shadowrun Prime, David. <laughs> Uh, Shadow on what? I, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Granik initially was a, a, a funny, stupid character, but as the story went on, you realize there's something dark. Like, for example, I wrote that short poem in, for the Fanda blog a while back about mm-hmm. some of the st- bad stuff that happened to him. And if we ever get into back into Shadow on Prime, David, uh, you realize, mm-hmm. and if we ever get into his history, you realize how fucked up his whole life has been before reaching you guys. And same thing with the characters from the End of the World. He started a funny asshole meathead, and you realize his. He's just a slacker who just doesn't want to commit to doing anything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't heavy, always work. Heavy mother issues. Yeah, heavy mother issues. Oh, yeah. But there's some characters that's never going to work, like the professor from Hollow Earth Expedition. You will find no good good backstory for this character. Which is just, why we never returned. Yeah. <laughs> sad but true. Yeah, we'll yeah. also find no academic records, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it counts if it's printed. <laughs> so amazing. Sorry, listeners. That. Long story short. Jesus had been playing a professor for like over a year. Probably a year. And Angela's like, oh, you need to decipher something. Yeah. And so uh, Jesus. I was like, what's your academic specialty? Jesus is like, what? (laughs) He did not make an academic with the skill academics. He was a fraud. And we all just kind of like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You were always chasing tenure, but you should have actually been chasing a bachelor's degree. Or an associate. You know, we start, start uh, at the very beginning. He Maybe was busy chasing undergrads. Yeah. 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 Oof. Oof. Well, he would do Wait, that. Oof, really? Yeah. We, we think, what, his character was too moral? <laughs> Is that what? <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, uh, Fairy Stale. Fairy Stale. Hey, what's going on? Uh, Long time listener. Uh, hi, sorry, not a fun question, uh, but was wondering, you guys have your regular games. Long shot, solo shot, you go to cons, Angela seems to be uh, the ambassador to other podcasts. I have to ask you, how have you guys not burned out from all of it yet? We have. Yeah. We have. We, we came close to ending Fanable. We just didn't put it on mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we gave up yeah. once. Not we gave yeah. up. We all basically said, like, we need a break or we're going to quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was Dungeon World. That was yeah. Dungeon World. That yeah, was a we, couple years ago, though. Yeah, that was, that was many years ago. Yeah, yeah we we learned a very important lesson. And I'm actually very proud of us uh proud of us for taking that lesson to heart and really putting a hundred percent of our efforts into understanding and addressing uh you know why we got there. But yeah, listeners, if we shit on Dungeon World, it's not because we just didn't like the game. We didn't. We didn't. <laughs> uh but it's also because it was the uh the, it was like the harbinger of the end of Fandible. Uh, and we stared it right in its stupid dungeon face and said no. But that took work. 
and the way that we, the way that we, uh, don't burn out. I mean, I'll, I'll speak for myself. Um, I like to listen to podcasts that remind me why we do this, mm-hmm. you know, so I can emulate that. Um, and, uh, Honestly, I, I, I try to focus on the rest of Fanable being my friends um, because uh, this can be stressful. This can be difficult, especially because I can listen to any of these recordings and realize when a joke didn't land or when my audio is bad or when I just did something misguided or dumb or nonproductive because uh, this is a media. Um, and I just focus on the fact that everyone around this table is family. And I'd rather hang out with you than make recordings. Uh, and uh, also, I'm just really honest with you guys. Like, you know, I uh, I just say, like, look, it's been a really bad week. Um, or stuff will happen in my life. And I'll just have to say, like, you know what? First, uh, real life comes first. That's a rule for yeah. me. Real life always comes first. And there's a temptation to take fantasy first because there's this potential feeling of uh, advancement and, and resolution, you know, like we're looking at uh, points on a character sheet. We're looking at XP. We're looking at it's or even fair. sometimes that wanting to escape yeah, real life. Exactly. And sometimes that's a great thing to do. And sometimes it's like, no, actually, that wouldn't because even as much as I want to escape how shitty life is right now, I'm actually not in the headspace to play that character. Right, exactly. Yeah. No, so, I, that's I understand that. I mean, it's the idea of something fair. We we know if everybody kills a goblin and we everybody gets 25 xp in the real world we know if we all kill somebody uh some of us will get off and some of us won't uh so <laughs> yeah. it's just kind 25 of, to life yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of like why people enjoy playing the sims it's like why don't you just commit to like you know learning guitar instead of just playing like i don't know a simulation of it it's like well i know that if i'm going to play a simulation that it's going to be as fair as the next person like everybody has to go- put in the right amount of time to do it where in real life some people are really good at it and some people really suck at it it's not a great excuse but it's just kind of how it is it's sometimes you it's very alluring to just know that if i do this i will succeed at this yeah. and in real life that's not the case billy is there any particular way you kind of keep away from uh burning out um i god that sounds so much worse than it is i accept everybody's flaws Mm. And I and I hope you guys accept my flaws. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> like I know there's certain things that some person, some people aren't going to do, or there's, and you guys know there's some things that I'm not going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and when things don't get done, I try not to get angry because mm-hmm. I know that it's like I've, I've said this many times. Like I want to make another game for Fandible. I haven't, and no one's gotten on my case. So when things don't go, don't happen. I think it's good that we all are very understanding that real life comes first. And even if it's like, oh, I did nothing this week, it's like, well, that's fine because sometimes you do need those do nothing weeks. Mm-hmm. And again, and I don't know if that's the best thing that we can do because I think sometimes we should push ourselves or we should push the other person to do stuff. I wish people would push me to do like make more games or do more film. But I also think there that it is, it is the reason why we're still here. Um, because it, but when you push someone, there is a chance that you chase them away. Mm-hmm. And we haven't done that, and which I think is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some flaws that come with that where we haven't done as many games or we haven't done as many videos, which is the downside. But the upside is we're still doing the thing that people originally came for, which is to hear us role play. And we're still friends. And we're still friends. Somehow. So that's I think that's the, the best thing is we accept the flaws. We accept uh, we accept the losses. We accept when people just say, I just don't do it or I'm not going to do it. We don't get down on them. 
Yeah. And you haven't done that with me and I haven't done it with you. Um, and I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I mean, I think that we've recognized, we, we have recognized that we're better when we're all in the same room yes. than when we are alone. Yeah. And because of that, also listeners wondering how we don't burn out. We have taken one day out of the month now instead of recording. One weekend. Yeah. You know, one, I'm sorry. One weekend. <laughs> To just do back what I call back of the house stuff. Mm-hmm. The front of the house is the podcast. It's the it's you know it's the blog. It's it's uh, special special recording stuff like that. Back of the house stuff is time management and and goals and like you're just checking in as friends, but also as an organization, being like, okay, cool. Where are we with the stuff we want to do? Is it realistic? How can we make it realistic? Doesn't need to be cut. Um, and that's where we did stuff like figuring out, for instance, solo shot. Like mm-hmm. you guys. You guys, when you first started, you're like, holy shit, time management is important because sound effects don't just happen. You know, like, and you also lamented the fact that it's two role players. So, like, how do you maintain your voice and stuff like that? That came up during one of our, like, one of our weekends where you were like, this is happening. We're like, okay, cool. Here's how we can help by doing nothing. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so Jesus, how about you, man? Uh, you have arguably one of uh, you. You should have one of uh, the best retinues uh, or repertoires of uh, things that you uh, use to not kill us, because you do the majority of editing mm-hmm. as well, yes. and you maintain the website. Mm-hmm. How have how have we not tried to log on one day and just seen a smoldering trash can fire? Honestly, you guys, oh. I am a. You guys know, and prisoners will also kind of know, I'm a tad bit stubborn, especially when it comes to stuff like playing, running these role-playing games. No, like, if you, if, you, <laughs> if you gave me the option, if no one else wanted to run things, I would run things for, like, months at a time. Because for some odd reason, I'm incapable of figuring out when I'm close to burning out. You guys can obviously see when I'm close to it and just stop me before I go just pantless out into the cold streets <laughs> at night. <laughs> But yeah, as as I was saying, like I like I said, I could do this for months if you guys would let me. You guys won't because you're good friends. You realize that if I don't stop at some point, I would snap, mm-hmm. and pantless would happen, which no one wants to see. So you guys are my barometer of maybe I should calm down a little bit. The stuff about the website and the editing is stuff I I I'm fine with because I can do it on the side. Mm-hmm. It's stuff I can do like in ch- little twenty minute chunks, then maybe watch an anime. Twenty more minute chunks, then watch a movie, stuff like that. Because well, I have weeks to yeah. work on it. And I will point out there are other people who do stuff for the website. Like I know Angela is heavy in the blog. Mm-hmm. Like she yeah. kind of manages the blog. I think I uh, do the Kickstarter of the month. Yes. Uh, and yep. so that kind of stuff. But you do do the heavy lifting. But I think that's also something we've contributed. Yeah, if something goes wrong. We it's take like some Jesus. of the small stuff. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to. to oh, no, no, no. I just yeah. want to point out. It's like Jesus does a lot. But I think a thing that really does help is a couple of us, a couple of people have taken the smaller things. Like mm-hmm. we will do the social media or we'll, it will, we'll edit the blog or we will do the Kickstarter of the month. Like those we do wrestle and we did have to wrestle some of this stuff from you. Like we'll handle that. <laughs> um, but I think it is, it is a nice answer of us helping you mm-hmm. out, but you you definitely help us out with okay. a lot of the work that you've done with the editing. Mm-hmm. The, the, I didn't appreciate how hard editing is until I started doing it. <laughs> Holy shit. You did that for seven years and that is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and as with the, just keeping the website up and making it look nice, that's also very much uh, something I couldn't do. So okay. good job there. And Thank not you. stealing our credit card you know, numbers or whatever it is. You, no, I didn't steal theirs. Can do. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, by the way, that reminds me, I'm editing this. So all those jokes are staying in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, you are editing. 
Yes, we I established am. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, forgot about that. Yeah. All right. Another way that we help each other. Yay! For me, it, the the question I actually alluded to it that because uh, there's the I'm a player in the weekly game. I'm a player in the long shot. Then I run the solo shot, and then I do the outreach to other podcasts. I've appeared on other podcasts as a, a guest or uh, a guest player. Um, Billy and I did that for the Redemption podcast over Thanksgiving. That was a, a fun little bit of serendipity because Redemption podcast records near my hometown. Hashtag humble brag. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that's how I don't burn out because there is something else for me to immediately turn my attention to. And that then re- excites me to go back to something else. Like we were, we, we, um, played with the Redemption podcast just as we were starting back up season two of the solo shot. We'd taken a bit of a break and it's like, all right, I've got to get back into this. Oh, hey, here's a Star Wars game that I didn't have to put together. Great. Now I'm ready to go put together some Star Wars games mm-hmm. or, uh, having, uh, you know, did a bunch of outreach that helps, you know, makes me see what other people are doing that we can steal what other people are doing that I can feel really good about ourselves and be like, Fandible's better than that. <laughs> Not naming any names for that. Uh, and then playing David. with... <laughs> <laughs> and then playing in the weekly games, uh, it's always uh, really refreshing because that's like the big social outlet for me for the week. So the, after a really fun game with you guys, sometimes uh, I've been known to, after we've played a game, then I'm like, okay, now that I'm really in this game's headspace, even though I know it's going to be weeks or months before we return to it, I'm going to level up my character right now. Like after the oh, yeah. uh, after the end of season two of Numenera, as like I knew we were taking a month or so off before we're getting back into it, but still that night I sat down with all of the books and I made myself a morale cheat sheet of everything that already existed, and then I was like, all right, now how can I spec her out for tier three? All right, here's what's going, here's what she has to start with, and I think here's the plan for down the line. So it's the fact that there's so many different things that I could work on that are still fandable related mm-hmm. that keeps it all fresh. I remember the first time we got that excited about leveling up. We were playing, God, Warhammer. Yes, it, it was, was. It was Dark Heresy. And it was the last game we've <laughs> ever played in Dark Heresy where we did something. It was a massive, massive demon fight. We killed the demon. Yep. Uh, killed the cultist and we all sat down afterwards like oh that was amazing You're like yeah 50 xp and like dan sat down he's like oh my god my 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 tech priest is going to be able to do this and i'm like oh my god i now have this ability and angela's like oh my sniper rat's going to be able to snipe and then like we never went back but i do, <laughs> but I do remember that like we yeah. just got done playing and we're yeah. immediately like how much xp did we get because oh my god we're going to be so much more epic afterwards yeah. well i think a lot of it is because it was a combination of so many different arcs in that campaign ending it was right there. we yeah. ended like six arcs in that ge- in that one game yeah yeah um don't go back and try to find it listeners uh, our audio quality yeah. sucked. but that i remember that being we were so excited yeah i feel like anytime uh, somebody wants to go back and listen to our old 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 recordings especially in the dark times before david arrived um it would be better if we just opened up one of these windows and screamed <laughs> our dialogue with a train coming. with a train coming. <laughs> yeah and you'll have a better you'll have a better experience hearing that than uh if you listen to the old you know our uh, we make fun of our audio but it wasn't as bad as some starting out like no. we were decent we at least did noise reduction mm-hmm. Uh, for most of them, we're also in the same room. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if you're trying to like, we've tr- listeners, we, we are to this day trying to figure out how to how to uh, do a uh, a VoIP call uh, or like a Skype well uh, without lag and stuff like that. 
And um, I've heard other podcasts where like, yeah, admirably, they don't have like they're not all in the same room, but they pay for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Dan, um, inquiring minds. How do I deal with or how do I not burn out is the question. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yep. Uh, copious amounts of booze and weed mm. for the most part. Yeah. Um, I noticed that you're actually uh, sitting on a pile of the stickiest of Vickies, uh, sipping from a whiskey bottle. Uh, it's the only way I can, the doctors say it's, it's the only thing keeping me alive. <laughs> um, no, but... Uh, you're a whiskey miracle. Yeah. Um, honestly, this is not... this. Fandible is not the thing that will cause me to burn out, basically. Uh, you know, everything else in my life. Fandible is the escape from from LA. everything else. Yeah, basically. My, it's the escape from my very own personal LA, uh, for the most part. Um, what that means is that I don't necessarily always get to contribute as much as I do, as, as I could, uh, and as others do to the, to the rest of the podcast, but at least when I'm... You know, but because because it is to me an escape. It's not something that unfortunately I normally have time for during the week or not. That's uh, that that situation may have changed. We'll discuss during the fantasy summit later. Uh, but you know, in the meantime, since it's my escape, it's not something that's going to burn me out. It's the thing that keeps me from getting burnt out in the rest of life. So, yeah, no, I've actually uh, described uh, to some people described our uh, different roles in Fandible, and Dan, I always tell people that you and I are the we're the dancing monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. everyone else at this table does something technical and skilled and through has been uh, uh, those abilities have been acquired through time and patience. Whereas you and I just show up, we do voices and then we drink and we go <laughs> sometimes in that order. But <laughs> honestly, that's in the end, that's all once you accept that's all we, you, that's the, the minimum that we need to do be in order not to burn out. That's all you need. Like yeah. all I need is Dan to show up and David to show up. I need that's all you need to show up and us to do funny voices. Yep. And Jesus, of course, probably to edit. So no, yeah, exactly. But we could just start. Hey, you know, we and could just start us, doing. Yeah, and if all three of us can keep our pants on while doing it, then we're golden. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, and also, I mean, if we want to cut out the editing part, we can just live stream every weekend. Oh, wouldn't sure that, that be would, great? Oh, that would be God. great. Let me tell you about my opinion of Bruce. <laughs> 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 Okay. Oh my God. I thought you meant like tubers. No. <laughs> no roots. Roots. No. You mean like carrots and okay, shit? Okay. I should have just said like, okay, guys, let me do an Eddie Murphy routine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Please do. Um, God, no. <laughs> uh, all right. So thank you very much, Fairy Stale, uh, for that. Struggle Bus. Struggle Bus. Great Woo! name. Uh, hey, dudes. Racist. Uh, hey dudes what is your favorite part of role playing of role playing games uh i almost said that like what is your favorite part of role playing games what's your favorite part of role playing games diving into lore rolling handfuls of dice pretending to be someone awful person that you clearly aren't thank you very much struggle bus (laughs) it's so you you can tell struggle bus is is new to the podcast because there's such optimism and hope yeah what was the question i was totally thinking about bang bus (laughs) (laughs) Like <laughs> also has to do with roots and tubers. Yeah. yeah. I was literally thinking about that comedy skit where those guys were in wow. the bank bus, but it was called the nice bus. Where they pick up ladies like ready for a good time. Yeah. Awesome. Where are you going? My grandma's house. Okay, here you go. And they just drive them there. And the woman like, okay, bye. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a great skit. Yeah. I'm kind of, I mean, I'm yeah, kind of into yeah. it. I gotta say. Go ahead. So, what was the question again? Uh, so, so it's just real simple. What's our favorite part about role playing games? 
like just straight up we just had a conversation about how we don't burn out all right cool like when we sit down to a brand new game what is the thing that we look for in that book like we all look for something is it like the combat rules or uh or is it like the the narrative uh, the meta narrative is it uh, whether or not there are sex moves um it's it's easy for me running it i love that's still my answer, Jesus. Oh, I was sorry. Gonna oh, I sorry. Running it. I thought you said running. I was like, <laughs> first of all, that's Billy's thing. Legit. <laughs> Billy always plays runners. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry for taking it. I mean, you could add on. Yeah, okay. No, uh, I just love running the games. I love int- uh, running this game, exploring the universe with your characters. Like, you guys adding your own little bits of things to the universe. Because I let you guys talk because you guys are good at talking. And then I ex- expand upon whatever suggestions you bring in the game and out the game. And cat. And nothing. Like, for example, your Z character for the Rotted Capes game. You, yep. We talked about a drunk. And I thought, that's an awesome idea. I'm going to input it into this setting and see how it works. It worked great. That is a, by the way, that is a fucked up character. And I hate you for making it. No, I'm lying. Hey, it's man. wonderful. Yeah, no. I mean, uh, yeah. When, uh, when I... Uh, we sit around and I uh, drink whiskey and I'm just kind of like the mm-hmm. Oracle of Delphi fucked up <laughs> ideas. So yeah, yes. Yeah. I'm just glad I'm part of a family that can appreciate <laughs> that. So I just love running these games and interacting with all of you guys in those games. That's it. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, mine is uh, always flu- fluidity of combat um, because uh, I know, Angela, you've brought up in the past, you're always, you're looking for, uh, uh, you're, looking for an interest in games that don't use combat as a method of uh of determining the outcome of a conflict i appreciate that and i you know uh i would love to play that if it existed however look y'all it's clear that the dice are trying to kill me (laughs) and so i need to learn how to avoid dice rolling in life or death situations so every time we we sit down to a new game i look in the combat rules not because i love them but because i fear them because (laughs) because if i botch a social roll oh no my character's super embarrassed i botch a jumping roll i'm dead i botch it i Botch a shooting roll, I'm dead. That's it. It doesn't matter what kind of awesome backstory I've worked on, how many times I've leveled that character up, he's gone. He's go- or she, she's gone. Oh my god, if I was playing a woman and I died early, I wouldn't be able to deal with the guilt. That would be my fault and Jesus's fault. We're both men. That's fucked up. Angela, have you heard about backlash? So- <laughs> So, like, I get really into the combat rules because I want to know that when shit pops off and there is the precipice, the yawning darkness of death for my character, that I know how to avoid it. And I know how to and, – and beyond that, just the rules, the mechanics, the fluidity mechanics, period. Because there is a kind of uh, – I have a love-hate relationship with the fact that we memorize so many rules that have nothing to do with the real world. Um and and I'm always interested in uh, that's why I like Shadowrun. There's so many rules, but I want to see if they click. So, for instance, with Unhallowed Metropolis, I love it, but I think there's some things that don't click. Uh, uh, I would agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, same thing with Numenera. I think that there are some things that don't click, but I need I want to know them first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and 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 the only way you can do that is by like knowing how each individual part of the car works before you can disassemble it. So yeah, combat larger. Rule, like mechanics themselves yeah, and uh, not to get too far off base but it's so important to dig into how those rules work even if they aren't working for you mm-hmm. before you start to change them 
Because yeah. think back to Rogue Trader when we were all just like, we don't need to worry about profit motive. And it's like, oh, no, wait, by the time you're tier four. That's all it is. That th- th- all of your skills are tied into the freaking profit of the ship. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so that was, uh, I think, one of the many contributing factors to us not coming back to that game is <laughs> like, a bun- like, I know because I was playing a, a mercenary at one point And it's like mercenaries are all about making money. Like that's why that's why Telka was dropped because there's literally nothing to do that didn't have to do with money for her really early on. Um, But even Nantasevia was getting into it. I'm sure the captain was running into it right and left. Mm -hmm. But it's like, well, we have to either go back and learn a huge chunk of the mechanics that we ignored, or we could just drop this game. (laughs) Yeah, and that's what we did because we're lazy. Yeah, and and every time we come back to a game with a profit mechanic like um, Planet Mercenary, we all kind of like. We just look at it. We're like, okay. And we decide we're going to stop right before we get to that. Necessary. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I've never been uh, inventory management, uh, equipment. It's just usually, yeah, yeah, you start out with this. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that sounds cool. Hey, of course. I'm, I, of course you have candles. You know, that kind yeah. of stuff. I always hate that in D&D where it's like I needed to spend two silver for chalk. Oof. It's like, oh, my God. I kind of like that. Oh, I hate it. Oh, we're, we're well, d- I know you love it. I, we've talked about it. You love the inventory management. Me, never have. Yeah, ma- that makes sense. I mean, honestly, it it, it makes sense. Um, but anyways, I don't want to dominate the conversation. I would say my thing that I love most is the settings. Like, I could forgive a game that has a system that doesn't really jive with me. Uh so much if the setting's great. Like, uh, honestly, Rotted Capes. I love Rotted Capes. Their setting does not really – it's not what Fandible would do. I think we've gotten better at it. But the it mechanics. is – The mechanics, yes. Like, the, I think we've gotten better at doing the rules and the mechanics for Rotten Capes, Rotted Capes. But I, 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 I wouldn't have gotten that far if I didn't love the setting. Uh, but there's also games that even though, like, the like set, there's certain systems and mechanics I hate, like, Powered by the Apocalypse, if a setting is really good – I learned to actually appreciate it. Like The Ward, mm. which is a Powered by the Apocalypse game where you're playing a doctor. I loved it. I loved it. And it's the first time that I actually took the moment to really appreciate what the Powered by the Apocalypse engine can do for something that's kind of non-combat-y like The Ward. Um, I still think Powered by the Apocalypse is not great for a combat game. Uh, but no. the war- but for other social games or where games where your challenges aren't kill this, kill that, uh, it's really solid. Hmm. Um, so that's what I kind of came to appreciate. So if I like a setting uh, that you have or an idea for a character you get to play, I I'm willing to forgive a lot about the system. I think I brought this up when we both played the ward at a convention. It is the first time and powered by the apocalypse is the only setting where you could base an entire game top to bottom on the Aaron Sorkin walk and talk and it would work. (laughs) You could have an entire dialogue of people just doing political stuff. And there would still somebody done the West Wing powered by the apocalypse. I'm sure they have. Oh, I don't know if they oh, have. This, out. this is ours. <laughs> yeah, Trump so, administration. Oh, oh no, no, no. no. Yeah, well, that is the apocalypse. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was. But yeah, the Aaron Sorkin walk and talk. The ward like blew that open for me because mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, this makes sense. It's the it's the opposite of the thing I said before. It was like, oh no, I botched a social rule. Like, no, there are repercussions if it's only social rules. Yeah. No. It's it. I. So a system can uh, a setting could make me accept uh, a system I wouldn't usually, or it can make me love a system, um, which is rare. So yeah. uh, that that's what I would say. Uh, the setting. Uh, so as I interrupted Jesus, for me it is also running games, even games that I know I'm not running. 
I'm still generally looking in, you know, if it's a book that has a section for GMs, I, I avoid anything. It's like, oh, here's the meta plot or something like that because I don't want to be spoiled. But it's like, how, what are the tips for running this game? Uh, I, I love when I have the time to dig into the mechanics and really start to understand those. Uh, and just looking at all of the opportunities for storytelling, because even if I'm not the GM, I'm really trying to get better at having characters that do have their own story in the world. Mm-hmm. It's so, it, it, I've, I'm totally 100% guilty of doing this. So I'm like, oh, I'm just here because you guys are in my house. And <laughs> so I guess I should participate. Uh, so sometimes I, I absolutely have characters like that and they don't have an internal life outside of what is happening at the table at that second. So by digging more into the books and thinking of it like a GM, it makes it, I think it makes for better characters on my part. And then I absolutely, I, I love, I love GM prep. I, I've, you all have seen when I come to the table with my raft of notes. You and set, so, you set a high bar, <laughs> yeah. a yep. huge bar. Like uh, you should see the notes I have for the solo shot. Like the, it's the, a notebook <laughs> long, but it's literally like how to impress your husband one oh one. Like that's the thing. Like if if Billy was running a game on your interests and it was just like you know uh, uh, backlash did- the role playing. <laughs> <laughs> no, he ran a he. Uh, this will be coming in in future months, but um, this was brought up in the comments for the last Unhallowed Metropolis game that Adele and Catherine should have an adventure, and Billy ran that this week using the good. hex rules. Yep. So Billy stepped into the game that I know and love, which is hex. Uh, even though I don't run it for you guys nearly often enough, that is that is my baby. Uh, and then on top of that. Oh, oh, neo-Victorian shit! I get to, I get to dive more into Victorian culture. Yes, please. And describe your dress in like twenty painstaking like <laughs> I, details. I was playing Catherine, so I was wearing trousers. Thank you very much. I see. They flew over uh, France. We did. It was mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, spoiler alert for a game that no one has heard yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, like, so Billy has done that. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> so I just, I love putting it all together because it's like a puzzle, but unlike a puzzle, you can't sit there with the box and fig- and know what it's going to look like because as Jesus says, you guys talk. <laughs> and it's like, oh no, you're, you figured it out too quickly. So I must quickly put in a twist here or, oh, that's not what I was going to do, but that's a really good idea. <laughs> so I've never done that ever. Nope. No. No, it's 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 the best <laughs> yeah. GM. It, oh, yeah, it's wonderful. Because it totally <laughs> makes your players think that they're geniuses and it's like, no, I'm just lazy. <laughs> but if you want to think twice. but if you want to think you're geniuses, go ahead. It's good for your egos. Yeah, well I think once David's like, Oh, is this what the meaning behind that was? I'm like, Yes. <laughs> yes, it was the meaning behind that. You got that. Wow, you're so observant. <laughs> oh yeah, it was one of your Billyverse games. It was, one of, it was uh, a couple of years ago. Serbius. You 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 thought Cerberus. that yeah, you thought the bus driver, you're like, oh, he's a representation so of Serbia. So it was Serbius. actually the most recent. Yeah, it was one of the yeah. most recent. Oh, so like, it wasn't Cerberus? Because it was just oh. a truck. But as soon as you said it. It was just a Greyhound it, bus. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was just a guy who, he, he was part of the underworld, but you're like, oh, he's Serbius because he's a Greyhound. I'm like, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes, he was. So, yep. but yeah. Yeah. It was, that was one of the ones I'm like, just own it. <laughs> Fair enough. But now you know the truth. It was a lie. It's like, oh, yeah, he was just supposed to give you, like, kind of exposition of what the fuck's going on because it was getting too crazy. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to go all M. Night Shyamalan on us and be like, oh, no, it was plants. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what was happening? The happening. <laughs> God. That was a movie. Uh, for me, I think what I look for in a role playing game 
is the um, I go for where the spells and powers are because at the end of the oh, day, you do love the, yeah. the only thing that matters to me the is part of the if, book that I just want to rip yeah, out and burn. The only part that matters to me is if and if so, how I can set a motherfucker on fire with a fireball. Yeah, that is the most important part of any. Yeah, it's good me. stuff. That's good I, stuff. I play games to escape. I play games to do things that I can't do in real life. In real life, I can do all sorts of things because I'm pretty goddamn cool, and I'm, you all heard the stories. <laughs> but the things I can't do are fucking magic, uh, or you know, laser vision, or you know, superpowers. So that's making what I a look Krampus, for. <laughs> yeah, exactly, making a Krampus. And trust me, I've tried. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so that's that's what I look for in the game. I look for like, what's this game going to let me do that I can't do in, in the real world? Uh, and and that that's what i go for and that's why i'm usually not that interested in like non-power games because it's like no i'm i'm a non-powered guy uh despite reports to the contrary uh so so yeah no when i play a role-playing game i want to escape i want to do the thing that i can't do and that's to me is yeah the special powers and abilities what 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 about this game makes me more than human yeah, and as a GM, like I always knows, like I always know what Dan's going to aim for. It's like if there's some semblance of power or ma- or some yep. super uh, m- magic, that's Dan's. Yep. I don't yeah. think you've ever just played like I'm a warrior. Well, I guess no. Um, uh, Kim Jong uh, on almost, and he's he's technically a wizard. He's a, he's a physical adept, so he is a magic yeah, user. I guess it's just that all his magic is focused on guns, on guns, mm-hmm. and combat, and, and physical ability. Oh god, I yeah. still remember when you. But used he the is technically doves. a wizard. <laughs> yeah, and also it's John Kim Lee. Kim Jong Un is the man who wants to nuke. Oh, <laughs> yes. 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 Wow. I thought that was awful. Donald J. Trump. Yeah, my bad people. They look wow. Also, wow. technically wizards. Those yeah. two. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm horrible. Well, thank Cut you that. for putting up with end of the world. <laughs> yeah. And being the heart of that game, despite there being zero superpowers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it was the end of the world is such an anomaly for all of us. Yeah. It is. Because I I'm, know it, bringing that game to you guys, all of you had a look on your face like, what the fuck do you want us to do, Angela? Yep. And I'm like, no, it's going to be great. <laughs> and then you enjoyed it. And then I was like, what if next time we just hit the reset button and it's like left for dead? And then everyone's like, all right, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the buy-in moment. That I was said, the buy-in. I yeah, want to run this again because uh, this was another thing we did to help alleviate burnout was we tried to run the same game for a couple of weeks in a row so it's not constantly having to learn something new. Right. Yeah. I was like, yeah. what if next week we reset? And it's yeah. like Left for Dead. And then it's like, okay, now then then you guys started to get what we were going for. And mm-hmm. and now I think there's you not know, I'll speak for myself, but there's a lot of fun there. Mm-hmm. No, I, it is fun, but also because there is no antagonism between storyteller and player character, and that is something that can happen mm-hmm. in other games. We went into the end of the world recognizing that we're just going to have a fun story. And it's not we, we do have, you know, uh, emotions injected into on occasion, but really it's kind of a running joke. It is a running joke. We're trying to get the storyteller to roll her eyes. She's trying to get us to react like we're in a horror movie with a little bit of like, you know, where we're kind of genre savvy. But like that's as far as it goes. There are other games where, yeah, you do play, you could play or you know normals in a in a in a in a world of supernatural stuff and i'm with dan on that one like that sucks i love because those. well if it is a serious game it sucks because it feels like i'm playing poker but i don't have cards the other guy does mm-hmm. and i just have to hope that they deal like that that the rules will be kind to me that they'll decide like i don't like that and so mm-hmm. so on a flip of what we look for in games uh, something that i Something that I look for in case I have a problem with it is arbitrary 
uh, arbitrary realism hammer. Just like where, like, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the wonderful world of magical powers, you'll find one arbitrarily has to abide by some sort of strict set of realistic rules. Like this guy can fly and that guy can like cast fairy magic and light people on fire and you can summon water, but the hydration level has to be as specific. <laughs> and also, I mean, like, are there clouds overhead? Are they, are they nimbus? Are they cumulus nimbus? That kind of like screech of the, uh, of the record player. That's, that's something I look for if I, if I'm worried I might not have a good time. It's usually a, it's an indicator. I'm, I'm, I might have to avoid that, uh, going down a line with, um, with end of the world. That's not going to happen because I don't think it is irrelevant if you kill me. <laughs> it is totally irrelevant. The point is you're going to try to kill me and how much fun we have on the way there. There's never going to be a point where I'm like, Fuck, Jerry has fire powers now. <laughs> what is this? And yeah. End of the world is kind of the definition of it's not about the 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 destination. It's about the journey to yeah. get there. Yeah. Because very rarely is there even an actual plot to those mm. no this is yeah it's it's um <laughs> we, we don't it's, even the have... world is ending and i'm just going to figure out it's like what sort of things can i throw at you under this theme mm-hmm. not only angela do we recreate the setting we recreate the first act <laughs> every time <laughs> yep. it's poker night we're out of beer usually my fault sammy's that's the first act of the movie <laughs> the rest is like just roll. But it's, all, it, it's great because again because i have no idea what you guys are going to do it lets me start to to plant the seed for what's going to be weird yep. this time. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you guys are, are all good enough role players that you roll with it. Yeah. Ha ha. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you all know, oh, if there's a dog acting weird, that's a clue that our characters should pick up on, nope. but we're all self-centered assholes, <laughs> so we're going to purposefully ignore that this dog just ate a person yeah we just kind of like we 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 internalize and have a filter we go through we, new york mode where it's like not our problem <laughs> yeah yeah exactly or like it's like that dog's acting uh david that dog's acting weird once i filter it i should uh that dog's acting weird you should pick up on that i filter and go i'm gonna go pick up that dog <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah we, we yeah. intentionally go do things to help along the story mm-hmm. in the most stupidest and assholeest way possible yeah and i think honestly I think honestly, there's a catharsis there, and oh, that yeah. is why because we work really hard in the other games, <laughs> and we work really hard to undermine this one. Just ourselves, not you. Yeah, we don't. We really don't hurt, have any brain power to like. How do we think through this? We're like, no, just do the natural response of I'm running. It's like that's the worst thing you could possibly do at this point. It's like that's not the point of the game. The point of the game is to act human and be goofy and be stupid. Like no one's trying to outsmart Angela in this end in, of the world. I think yeah. I think End of the World is the, our least meta game out of all of our games. Like, it, it when is, really, it could have been the most. Yeah, yeah. it could yeah. have been. Yeah, because the the notes for the game are absolutely like be as genre savvy as yeah. you want. Yeah, but also um, it's as close to running a regular fiasco game. Mm-hmm. Um, we've all played fiasco. I think we all have a really good time. Um, it's uh, but it's a you know fiasco is a very specific just give zero fucks uh, environment. Whereas, uh, also it's like very noirish and like crime, uh, drama. Uh, whereas, uh, End of the World is a varying amount of drama, but it's always a nerd, uh, centric focus to it. You know, there's some sort of pop culture cinematic reference. Yeah, I think End of the World is basically what the Rebel Radio games grow up to be. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good point. It is the a very Rebel good point. Rebel Radio games grow up, get a job, and, uh, and that's, that's what they put out. And then they need to go out for poker night. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, all right, so last questions, ladies and or last question, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, what do you want Fandible to do in the coming year? 
This is the new year. Uh, we got another calendar year ahead of us. Um, we've we've got things to grow and to uh, and to reach for or to cast asunder. Uh, but what do you want to do in the in the coming year for Fandible? And uh, I'm looking for two answers here because we're role players. We are inherently uh, right brained. Give me a pie in the sky answer, like something that you just fucking cast off the shackles of what is realistic and say this is what I want. And then give me a realistic answer, something that you know you wake up in the morning and the stuff that you would put the work in in for and like you want to see happen in the next year and you'd be like yeah we did that okay and quick fire this one so yeah exactly this is getting long so quickly for me i want rotted capes oh my god please give me rotted capes i want to play rotted capes the game that is what i want to play as a role player please 2018 rotted capes uh and then just for like what i want fanable to do is i want at least five videos at least five videos of us doing something Wait, yeah. which of those is the pie in the sky answer? Five videos. <laughs> okay. Pie in the sky. I want five videos of various things. Five videos. Okay. Cool. Easy for me. Never run around of capes. I will never run around of capes. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. <laughs> no, seriously, I want to end one of our games probably on Hollow Metropolis. At least if it if it leads to a good story, I want to end it. I want to at least end one of our games. One of our long-term games. Uh, pie in the sky. I want to run a live game. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, you're right. Whether that that's is unrealistic. Yeah, we wear that's over Skype or something so mm. that everyone can see or in front of a live studio audience. Yeah. yeah. That no, is super pie in the sky. But if we ever go to a con, we can make it happen. I want to see it happen. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> People pay to watch us. Yes. I think, honestly, we were just talking about Into the World. I think that's one of our, that's that's one of our billable. That's a good yeah. idea. Because that is a, a con would be great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, especially because people could listen to uh, the previous previous editions uh, and be like, okay, these are the assholes we're getting now. Oh man, I would totally like solicit the from the audience. Like, you guys can't come in yet. I talk to the audience. It's like, here's oh, how this oh is. Such a great idea. Idea. I was like, yeah. all right, guys, in, what's yeah. the apocalypse? Ah, nice, like nice. Like who's like who's playing? Who's playing Sammy this time? <laughs> That's actually. A really I really want people to do Telus Winston. Like I want them to all agree Telus <laughs> Winston is our. The, no, we 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 come in and sitting at the table on the on the stage is Angela and Tilda Swinton. <laughs> Ooh, it would be nice to add a little color to our group. Dan, by the sky. First of all, for me would be uh, yeah, going to more cons and actually doing like talks and stuff. Um, you know, at least two or three in the next year. Uh, I think we did like zero this past year, mm-hmm. did we? We never really. Got I, we went. To we no. We went to. Uh, we all went to Dexcon. Oh yeah, that was, and I think most that? of us went to Dreamation. Yeah. Okay. So we did something. Dexcon was where we did the LARPs together. And yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 True. 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 Yeah, but more anyway. More of that is what I want. Um, for a personal goal, um, geez, uh, I definitely want to run more games. That's the thing. Like I've got, I've got, a, I've got several games. It's just that. It never quite seems to be the right time <laughs> to run. It's like, oh, I could run a game, yeah, but we've got to catch up on Longshot, and we got to catch up, and we haven't done. And uh, there's just a Shadow something thing game that we uh, should probably do. Uh, never heard of it. Yeah, it's like new GM who this. So, but yeah, no, I definitely for me, I would, I would like to to uh, run more games than I did last year, which should be fairly easy because I think I ran like three. Yep. Uh, so. Yep. Which actually, technically, according to my spreadsheet, is more than I ran. Unless you yeah. like, I, leaving aside the solo shot, because yeah, yeah. obviously that's a different thing. Yeah, but yeah. I, I only ran. Technically, I ran three games for Fandible last year, but one of them hasn't aired yet. When did I run? Did I run? Any? You you ran the Billyverse game with the the train, or not the train, the bus, and the predation, 
Oh, and you ran Predation. Predation. Yeah, yeah, there yes. we go. Yeah, Predation was dope. What about Rod Capes? Was it this year? Your, I don't nope. think your Rod and Capes was in 2017. Nope, no, no side games this year for Rod and Capes, mm. I think. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, Pie in the Sky, uh, World Peace. Mm-hmm. And um, I would like there to be more GTRTs. All right, yep, cool. And uh, and this is somewhere between Pie in the Sky and Realistic. I would like to live stream one of them. At least one of them. Oh, we live did, stream we did, World we Peace, a, I got you. Well, we did do a live stream GTRT once upon a time, remember? Oh gosh, yeah, yeah like yeah, before that, like, like live streaming was th- a th- huge th- thing. Yeah, because I think I think there was like a blizzard or something. Yeah, and we yes. all decided to try and do like a there's, yeah, yeah, that that turned out. Oh okay. yeah, there's yeah. that yeah. one. Yeah. Um, but between Patreon having a, a live stream option that we could close just the patrons, uh, then there's Facebook Live. I got a fancy new webcam for Christmas. So we could actually look half decent. Yep, nice. Right. Yep. But I, I would love to do that as well. And, and and honestly, given our previous experience of the the, the one time we did do that, we were actually pretty good about yep. like, keeping keeping things uh, PG <laughs> PG thirteen. Yep. Uh, yeah. When we Was know when we know we're being observed. No, <laughs> I, think, I don't think you were. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, no, you were, you were. Yeah, because it was like, yeah, it was, was four whole, people, but yeah. Billy and I were on one screen. Yep. Yeah, so. yeah. So it was a whole group. Oh, that's right, because Dogberry wouldn't stop jumping up, (laughs) and there's fucking footage of me capturing Dogberry and, like, throwing him out of my room, (laughs) and then the rest of the GTRT, I'm sorry, listeners, Dogberry's the name of my cat, um... (laughs) Uh, I forget that because my life revolves around my cat. And then the rest of the GTRT just has this like, <laughs> like from the, he fucking hates it when I'm on my computer so hard. Aww. All right. So pie in the sky, new cat. Um, <laughs> no pie in the sky. I, at the risk of sounding like a complete self-indulgent asshole. I'm a fucking performer. I get off on making people laugh. On, I just get off. Yeah, <laughs> I just get, guys, I'm so glad this table's here because I am fucking so that way not tilted? Roman right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how, how hard is that civilized dick of yours? <laughs> oh, God. Coliseum, Leaning Tower of Peace. Anyways, um, uh, but... <laughs> Boop, I guess. <laughs> Future David, I don't know. How yep. much you like your dick jokes now? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I, Pie in the Sky, I would love to do something performative. Uh, I think that would be awesome. And also, uh, I mean, I just, Pie in the Sky also, I would just like to be able to follow through on some of the, uh, some of the opportunities that we have to interact with other podcasts. And beyond the idea of like growing a fan base, also, I just want to meet people like us. Mm-hmm. So, when um, most of them are pretty cool yep. yeah absolutely like so for instance like um was it start the anarchy or whatever that it was yes. a yeah they invited us to do a uh anarchy Shadowrun podcast uh as as guests um and i couldn't do it because of my work schedule and i didn't have time off like that was just a no-go and i couldn't do it and it fucking haunts me to this day because it sounds super fun uh and i think that we have a very very unique um podcast honestly i think we need to make it a promise that kind of yes man that horrible jim carrey movie is like we need to be like if someone invites us one of us there's five of us one of us needs to make it sam (laughs) (laughs) um uh, no but 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 apropos of that honestly i would like to get a little bit more engaged with um our our fan base great on twitter uh, and this is pie in the sky for me. This is not. This is not my wish for Angela to work more. I want to make that so clear. Um, uh, so pie in the sky, and I say it's pie in the sky because uh, I am easily distracted and be and like overwhelmed. That's the thing. Uh, realistic. Um, a realistic request 
would be uh, to get more GTRTs with a consistency of once a month and to go to more conventions because I had a blast at Dexcon because it was the first time I actually got a taste of a real convention with you guys. Uh, so the one that Penny Arcade does that's all tabletop, that sounds dope. Um, and uh, yeah, more more actual interaction uh, in real life with people who might like what we do. And yeah, so I mean... I think that's that's pretty much it for 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 me. I'm getting like really worked up because I'm like trying to think of all the stuff that I want, and I know I'm gonna sit awake in bed in the middle of the night tonight, and be like, ah, I forgot the ferrets because I'm gonna be half awake and probably kind of drunk, so it's not gonna make a lot of sense. So when you guys get an email about ferrets tomorrow, don't be surprised. Got it. So, ladies and gentlemen, listening, thank you very much. Uh, this has been uh, Fandible.com Actual Play Podcast. Geeky Topics Roundtable Discussion, the end of 2017, the beginning of 2018. Does anybody have anything that you would just burn anything that you want to send 2017 screaming to hell with? You weren't as bad as I thought you were going to be, but you're pretty shitty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Uh, fuck you, 2017. It hasn't been the great 2017, but you know what? I No, fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Guys, I heard that 2017 was going out of print, but I hear they're going to reboot it with 2018 with even more combat. (laughs) 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 It makes me laugh and cry. Anyway. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. I am Dave. You can find me on Twitter at Distractionista. I'm Dan. You can find me on Twitter at at Katsushiro. I'm Jesus. You can find me on Twitter as at Arvandis. And this is Billy. You can find me on Twitter at The Mindful Fool. This is Angela. I'm on Twitter at Angela Craft. And Fandible's on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Fandible. Yep. Uh, and yeah. also now, if you uh, like what Billy and I are doing with the solo shot, there is now at Solo Shot Podcast on Twitter. Ooh, dope. Nice. All right. All so, Star Wars all the time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, listeners, uh, for a question for you is, uh, what do you hope that we do in 2018? Go ahead. Give us a pie in the sky. Give us a realistic, grounded answer as best you can, nerds. And thank you very much for listening to all of uh, all of our ramblings for 2017. And we look forward to you uh, listening for 2018. Woo. To all the acquaintance, be forgot. And all lang syne. What is all lang syne, by the way? That's not... I thought it was all and sign. Like... Wait, and never brought to light? Yeah. Is this like a story? Yeah. Is this a that's, song? That's what I always yeah. heard, anyway. This is a song Shut about burying a body. I thought it was In days of old lang syne. So old lang syne is like A-U-L-D. I thought yeah. it was O-L-D. Nope, no, it is A-U-L-D, old lang syne. Listeners, yeah, like this is what we do at the end of a podcast. Goodbye. <laughs>